0: Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen and I'll be your host. Each episode we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Faith podcast. Today I'm joined by youth worker Mark Williamson to discuss DC's latest superhero film, Black Adam. As you'll find from my conversation with Mark, we go back a, a long way. We both met in Bible college and were actually involved in the first iteration of Real Faith when it was a, a website and a blog. So it's great to finally be able to have Mark on the podcast to discuss a. Uh, Black Adam. He is a huge DC fan and a a wealth of of knowledge on that. We'd love it if you would support our podcast either by leaving us a a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you happen to find this podcast as it lets others find out what we're up to. It would also be great if you could subscribe to the podcast as well as that also pushes us up and, and allows us to be opened up to, to new people to see what we're up to, and especially youth workers who are working with children and young people. We hope that this is a resource that really supports you. We're almost a year into the podcast, and we've hit the milestone of just over a 1,000 downloads. So it's great for, for such a niche podcast, looking at films and TV shows for youth workers. It, it's great to have reached that milestone but and and that's only possible with the support so thank you for continuing to download and 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 listening to these episodes and also for subscribing and leaving a review as always this will be a spoiler filled chat so if you don't want the film spoiled then then please do go and watch it but with all that rambling out of the way let's get into my conversation with mark
1: my son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born
0: out of rage. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Mark Williamson. Mark, it's great to have you.
1: Hi Stephen, thanks for inviting me along. It's great to be here.
0: Yes, yeah, so obviously, a little bit of context: We obviously met in, in in Bible College quite a number of of years ago, and a long we're both time involved. Ago now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's scary to to think just how long. And obviously, we we're, were both involved in the original iteration of of Real Faith when it was a a, a website and, and and blog, and and we obviously both spoke at the what was the the Youth Work Summit. On on the Kingdom of God and in, and in, in five films, so so I feel really bad that it's taken to to season two uh, to get you <laughs> on to the, the the podcast. But I know that you're a, obviously a huge DC fan, so when Black Adam came up, I had asked. I, I thought this would be a, be a a great film to to bring you on. But but thank you so much for giving up your time uh, for, for coming on to chat. So as I do with with all new guests onto the podcast, it would be good to just hear a little bit about your youth work journey and, and also what you're up to at the moment.
1: Yeah, so um, I have reached the grand old age of 36 um, and at this point I've realised that I have been doing youth work for half my life. Uh, mm. From the moment I left school uh, I went into paid youth work employment. Um, having been a volunteer in all sorts of children's work activities and things like that throughout school, uh, having helped lead uh, assemblies and um, volunteering at drop-in projects and things like that. I left school having cancelled my UCAS applications, um, which my parents only found out when they bumped into a teacher in Tesco's, and that <laughs> made for a really interesting conversation over the dinner table as to what I was going to do next, because I had absolutely uh, no idea what I was going to do if I wasn't going to go and study maths. Um, but I was leading worship for a youth event uh, at the age of 18, and invited a friend of mine who's a youth worker to come and speak at the event and he told me that every year he has an apprentice come and work with him as an apprentice youth and children's worker at his church in Amersham in Buckinghamshire. It was an Anglican church and he asked me what I was doing and I said I've got no idea. He said well come and and meet me, come and see what we do um, and see whether you fancy joining me for a year. So I joined him for a year as the Assistant Youth and Children's Worker, and during that time he told me uh, I should be looking at what I'm doing in the future. I looked into youth work training courses, and at that point there were two that caught my eye. One was ICC in Glasgow, the other was the Oasis College in London, both because they would give me the training on the ground and sort of pay me to be there at the same time, Um, and they were relatively far away from sleepy Suffolk where I grew up, so, you know. That had its benefits as well. I went for my interview at ICC, and they said it would be really good if you had an extra year's uh, experience, sort of managing and leading people in a different way. And so I spent a year further in Amersham as the children's worker, covering covering a uh, a maternity post. And in that year, I decided that I didn't really want to be a children's worker. So that was a really uh, positive mm. learning point. Um, anyway, moved to Glasgow. Went to ICC, did uh, my degree in youth work with Applied Theology there, um, met some yeah really nice people, including yourself, um, and uh, <laughs> spent some time working for the Church of Scotland um, within that time as well, working in the local area around um, the college. And then from there, moved on to an independent church in the south side of Glasgow for six years. And six years ago, moved to Nottingham to work for the Methodist Church. So I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I just need perhaps the URC or the Baptists to get a bingo um, on having <laughs> done all of the denominations. Um, but as you said, we, we looked at this kind of real faith thing together uh, back, it um, must be a dozen years ago now. Um, yep. And at that time, I was doing my dissertation at, at ICC as well for my, my honours year. And my dissertation was titled Salvation in the Cinema. And it was looking at that whole idea that that I believed every story, every story that's told in films, in books, in everything, uh, has a definition of salvation. And whilst I'm not necessarily convinced we need to show every film to young people and we need to watch every film ourselves, um, if people are watching and engaging with stories, then we should be able to use them to talk about faith and to do all sorts Mm. of things.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's that's great. Yeah, and obviously the, the podcast is a, really a continuation of of that idea that obviously I, I say most episodes, it doesn't matter if you don't see the, the film, but young people obviously probably have watched this and so it's good to, to be able to, to chat about it. So what, what, is, what is your current role then within the, the Methodist Church, Mark?
1: Yeah, so um, having, having started as an apprentice in a single church, then sort of taking a bit of a lead on the children's work, still working as part of a team, I moved to Glasgow and was a student worker as part of a larger team. Then I moved to the independent church and was the sole youth worker. So there's kind of been this progression in responsibility as well. So currently um, I am part-time youth worker and part-time vision coordinator for the Nottingham North East Circuit of the Methodist Church, which means that there are 15 churches kind of in our circuit and in our remit. And I do some concentrated youth work and schools work um, in a couple of the towns, and uh, with a couple of the churches, um, running kind of drop-in uh, youth groups, um, doing Bible studies, fellowship groups. But I also go into um, a large number of schools doing assemblies on absolutely anything that they want me to talk about, um, ranging from year one right the way through to, to sixth formers. That I spend mm-hmm. my time uh, talking to about all sorts of things, and you know, films come into that so often. Um, to help make points because they they are common engagement points between kind of young people and and me um, but also these themes that come up so often as well
0: mm. great and so as we know we're talking about black adam today and, and so before we get specifically into the film what was your understanding what was your knowledge of of black adam eh, before going into this
1: so I'm I'm a bit of a selective geek. Some people geek out on on absolutely everything. Um, some people have their kind of one thing that they really latch onto. And it was my 19th birthday um, that a friend didn't know what to get me. It was this same friend who, who gave me the job as, as my first youth work post. And he didn't know what to get me. So what he did was he took me to the local comic book store because that was where he spent his day off every week. And Mm. he said, you can have a graphic novel, and this is the one that you can have. And so he gave me Batman the Long Halloween as my first graphic novel. Mm. And from that point, I really stuck with DC. Uh, I was enamored with kind of the art and who Batman was and kind of delved deeper into sort of where he came from. And so upstairs, I've I've got stacks of graphic novels that are all pretty much DC, a couple of niche independent ones. Um, I have read some Marvel, but it didn't really do anything for me. But that's perhaps a conversation we can have later on. (laughs) Um, And so within that, um, I kind of, for a number of years, spent a lot of my student loan on graphic novels and on DC (laughs) stuff. Um, And and I got introduced to Black Adam through kind of the the 52 uh, series that that, um, DC did, kind of this one comic a week that was going to change the DC universe. And Black Adam appeared as a character within that. Uh, and I can remember, you know, 10, 12 years ago, sitting and reading those and, and talking with somebody who said, you know, this would, this would make a really good film. And I know exactly who I want to cast as Black Adam. And I can remember having a conversation uh, with our friend Kenny and saying to him, The Rock, he, he is Black Adam. Like, There's, there's no doubt about it in my mind um, and so since then and then then hearing rumours of the project however many millions of years ago uh, those rumours first came out um, and, and so yeah I know bits of Black Adam's story I've not dived into his timeline and um, within DC I, I like Batman and I like the Justice League of America and kind of the way they work together and the way they don't work together quite a lot mm. of the time as well and um, so that's kind of where I sit.
0: Uh, great, yeah. No, that's obviously knows far more than 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 I did. Uh, uh, apart from hearing that, yeah, the Rock had obviously wanted to do it for some time. That was really my first introduction to Black Adam. I really knew nothing about the character before the Rock saying, "Yeah, I want to, I want to be Black Adam, and I want to make this film." And and so, yeah, we can obviously explore that a, a little bit further but I, I guess to get stuck into the film then I, I wonder if you can give us a little bit of a a, a plot summary eh, of what goes on in the film obviously as I said at the start of the podcast and I'll say again eh, spoilers up will abound uh, at this stage eh, so if you don't want it spoiled go and go and watch it but I wonder if you can share a little bit about what happens in the film Mark
1: yeah, um, so I, I've tried to kind of write this down to, to get my head around. It was sort of 10 days ago that I watched it, and I've mulled it over. Mm. Um, and I've tried to keep as many spoilers out as possible, because if I'm honest, I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts, but I've avoided the ones of things that I want to watch, because I don't want to mm. have those, those spoilers yet. Um, so I, I'm trying to walk that fine line between okay. doing it justice and not. So uh, my understanding of the film... Kandak is a prosperous nation built upon a wealth of resources. In 2600 BC they're being ruled tyrannically by Acton who is seeking to make the crown of Sabak which will endow him with all the power and the magic he needs to be the most powerful of rulers. To create the crown he enslaves the nation to dig for the mineral eternium found only under Kandak. A feat that is managed though the crown is never worn. It's as one of As one of the slaves has the courage to spark a rebellion that the great wizards spot him and choose their new champion. To help him in his uprising, the wizards bestow him with the powers of the Egyptian gods, that when he says the word Shazam, he shall be granted the stamina of Shu, the swiftness of Horus, the strength of Ammon, the wisdom of Zehuti, the power of Aton, and the courage of Mihan. Pronunciation there might be slightly (laughs) different. Uh, The people have their champion in Teth Adam. Flash forward to the modern day, and the prophecy is that the champion will appear in Kandak's hour of need, and yet he's absent as Kandak are once again oppressed. Intergang and organised crime syndicates are ruling by force and searching for the long-hidden crown of Sabak. The race to find the crown is between Intergang and the archaeologist and resistance fighter Adriana Tomaz and her small band of regular heroes, which includes in its number her brother Karim, two colleagues, Samir and Ishmael, and her strong-headed, superhero-loving son, Amon. Not all is as it seems as Intergang follow Adriana to the crown, which incidentally floats right above the place where it appears Kandak's past hero is buried. In that moment of need, Teth Adam is called upon and resurrected. The rest of the film fills in Teth Adam's history with flashbacks, it sees him claim his place as the people's champion by standing up to their oppressors and introduces the Justice Society of America, who are willing to go toe-to-toe with Black Adam as a global threat due to his intimidating power, whilst also siding with, and occasionally saving, Kandak's oppressors. In a moment of remorse, Teth Adams speaks the name Shazam, gives up his power, allowing himself to be securely held by the JSA, before being called out of his cryo-sleep by Dr Fate to fight the champion of the six demons of Sabak, an earlier character reborn after dying whilst wearing the crown. It's a combined effort between Hawkman and Black Adam that sees evil defeated, leaving the path set for how the good, the JSA, and the anti-hero, Black Adam, work together using what they're willing to do to ensure the safety of Earth. For the moment, Black Adam is Kandak's hero and leader, loved by his people and with a tempering group of advisers in Adriana, Amon and Kareem. But if he strays too far from the borders of his country, he's going to find himself in trouble with other superpowers.
0: Great. Yes, no, fantastic uh, summary there. Uh, mark and yeah done really well with actually not giving away some of the the the, the key things that, that happen in there which we, we may end up obviously d- discussing a little bit uh, in, in our conversation so so I guess before we get into the themes it would be good just to hear a little bit of, of how you found that the film in general
1: yeah so I took uh, my wife um who is long suffering um, <laughs> when it comes to geek culture and DC films and things and um, she 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 found herself one day in the staff room at work in a conversation where people confused dc and marvel and she was appalled that she stepped in <laughs> to fight the corner of dc um uh, but between us we kind of watched all the marvel films we've watched all the dc films we kind of we we love films we still have things to talk about because we got cinema passes when we started dating and therefore didn't speak before we got married we just watched films (laughs) together so we're still discovering things about each other so i took her and my boss and his wife to our local cinema which if i look out of my office window which is in our loft and i can pretty much see the cinema three streets down Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a new kind of um local four-screened cinema Uh, so we went there uh, the other friday night and kind of sat together to watch it and I i just get absorbed in that world straight away Um, I I loved the film, but as as, uh, my boss's wife said on the walk home, it's kind of like Shazam. Now, obviously, there is a relationship Mm. between Shazam and and Black Adam in as much as she would call Shazam the sort of film she'd put on on a bored Saturday afternoon, kind of one of those guilty pleasures that takes nothing in your mind to watch. It's really not as good as it should be. It's really not as good as you want it to be but you can't help but watch it anyway um, as kind of this mindless thing in the background. Uh, and so somewhere between those two things, I think is an accurate review of the film itself.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, that, no, that's, that's, that's really interesting. That definitely is. I guess for, for me, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed two thirds of it. I, I, I probably prefer Shazam. Like I, I didn't know anything about that, that, the, the connection between those at all so when that happened in the film I was I was really surprised I think when the film started there was and an your plot summary kind of shows it the amount of names and characters and places yeah. it's a it, it's a lot to to take in in those first few minutes there's a lot of the mythology they have to to get across uh, once they got over that I thought generally really enjoyed it and when Black Adam then gets put into kind of cryo sleep. I thought, wow, they're, they're, this is a, a really interesting place to end yep. the movie. They haven't done the big third act CG punch up. I thought, wow, I'm I'm really impressed been with this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then I was like, oh no, here we go. We've now got our big CG demon, and we're going to have a big fight. And 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 so it lost me for for that last 20 25 minutes i yeah. thought no this is this is superhero, superhero films at their worst when it's yeah. the generic punching buildings falling all all that kind of stuff but up until that point i was kind of really on board and thought no, you you're going in a really interesting way but i felt they just they yeah they they took the the safe option in the yeah. end
1: and i think i think a lot of that comes from what they've seen Marvel do and Marvel have done, I will argue DC to the end of the world until it comes to the cinematic universe. I know full well that the DC cinematic universe is not where it should be. The, hmm. the Marvel have done films uh, far better than DC with perhaps the exception of the dark Knight trilogy. Cause I, I, I fell in love with those films and, and I think they were done brilliantly. What I think DC do, better is is i prefer dc's characters i prefer some of the issues that they wrestle with um and i think that sometimes those characters that dc have created don't come across as well on a big screen for two hours but when you get to the likes of say arrow that they did so well on tv and they Mm. get the time to invest in the character and build them up properly and and which is why they they took so long at the beginning of Black Adam to invest in his history, and who he is. I think that's where that's where it works. Uh, and again, I, I kind of, perhaps a little bit disappointed that Black Adam has become a film that let itself down rather than perhaps this series that it could have been done mm. better.
0: Yeah. No, no, that's interesting. I, I guess then to to kick us off, probably the, the biggest thing about. Black Adam, and, and, and the selling point, I guess, in comparison to the other heroes in, in the Justice Society and the Justice League, is that darkness within him very much an, an anti-hero, and and obviously right through the film, he, he says, look, I'm not a hero, I'm not the white knight that you want me to be, and, and I can do things because of that, that heroes can't do, and so he kills a, a lot of people. In, in this film i guess it would be interesting to hear your then kind of viewpoint and understanding around the, the the question that kind of comes up in the film is is what does it mean to be a hero and 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 is black adam a hero or or or, or, or what so it'd be good to maybe hear some hear some thoughts on that mark if possible
1: yeah i think ah our, our exposure to um the DC universe and and the the dark depths of it has kind of gone as far as Batman. Uh, Mm. Batman has always been held up as that dark knight almost until uh, Black Adam's turned up and he's the darker knight. He's the Mm. blacker knight. He's the one who goes to that place that even Batman traditionally hasn't gone. You know, there there have been times where the films have have let Batman kill somebody, but it's a very rare thing that the Trinity, you know, um, the Holy Spirit... He's not in DC's <laughs> Trinity, but uh, Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman, they, they have that line that they don't cross. And mm. you can see that when they do cross it, they really wrestle with what they've had to do. So there's a, a scene in the comics where um, I believe it's Wonder Woman snaps the neck of Maxwell Lord because Maxwell Lord has taken over Superman's brain. And so he is using Superman as a weapon. And the only way to defeat him is for Wonder Woman to snap his neck and to kill him. No, I, I'm, I might be wrong. I'm kind of playing with things in my head. Um, but, but I believe that's. And then she gives up her right. She stands back and she says, I'm not worthy to be a hero anymore because I've crossed that line. But we don't see that with with Black Adam. And mm. I guess the question then becomes is, what are we looking for in a hero? What is a hero all about? What does justice... And truth really look like and and who are they fighting for? Um, there's in, in, in the comics and um, I, I signed up for the the Eagle Moss little lead figurine statue and booklet thing for, for a number of years and got a uh, hundred little statues set upstairs and they all came with a magazine and Black Adam was one of those and as I was reading through uh, that refreshing my memory and um, there's a, an exchange in uh, One of the comics where Adam is talking to Isis, who is his future wife. Now, I I wonder whether um, in any sequel that comes, that's who Adriana is going to become. Whether he's going to endow her with a bit of his power and she kind of becomes his equal. But she kind of tempers him down a bit to make him less of a killing machine and just temper that justice a little bit. Anyway, um, she dies later on. And in her dying breath, she says, I was wrong, Adam. It was never you that needed redemption it was the rest of the world the world of men that made such horrible creatures the evil needs to die i thought we could be above them but for the pain they've put our family through avenge us and i think that's the cry of so many people when they see injustice when they're faced with difficult things we don't want somebody to placate the peace we don't want somebody to just try and you know make make it nice we want this dealt with we we want our injustices seen we want them heard and we don't want them repeated and um i I was flicking through facebook the other day and somebody on my feed said how would you define gentleness Uh, and it's interesting thinking about that with black adam as well gentleness isn't just about being prissy and soft and and a fluffy jesus I think gentleness is about saying and doing what needs to be done in a way that honours and respects everybody. Mm. But I think too often, uh, and it's exampled with the the Justice Society and they're accused of it within the film, like, where are you when we were in need? The only time you've turned up is, is when we've got our hero, when we've got somebody who's actually doing something about the oppression that we're facing. And um, I think for the people they' found their hero, his means aren't what the righteous heroes would call the right way, because he's doing something about it. But you, you go to Bonhoeffer and you go to Tutu, and Bonhoeffer mm. says, "Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is, uh, sorry, not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act." And Desmond Tutu says, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you've chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. And and I think that's what the heroes, the Justice League, uh, the Justice Society in this case, but it, it happens with the Justice League as well, are doing. They're standing by to try and hold the moral high ground rather than getting their hands dirty and dealing with the issues Um, and perhaps the rebel in me says that's what the church does historically as well is to stand there and and hold our hands up and to maybe pray maybe kind of acknowledge that something's happening but to actually get our hands dirty to actually challenge something in a way that might be dangerous Mm. we're heroes when maybe we should be anti-heroes maybe we should be doing something that that challenges the injustice that we face
0: i kneel before no one
1: you didn't come here to seek justice you came to exact revenge
0: i never said i was a hero yeah no that's a really good point And, and i guess also who we see as a hero or an anti-hero is, is, is very much a, a a personal thing because, as you say, Kandak, the city, sees Black Adam as a hero and the Justice Society see him as the enemy because they're coming from from different places. So actually, two different people can see someone as as good but also... As bad, depending on on where they are they are they are coming from, their their circumstance. Yeah, and and, 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 and there's so I guess that... in
1: the film, there's a quote in the film where they I can't remember who it is that says it, but uh, they say specifically splitting the world into good and bad is easy to do when you're the one drawing the line. Mm. And so the oppressed can draw the line in one place, the oppressor can draw the line in another place, the hero can draw it in yet another place, but where does where Black Adam draws his line apparently is a problem f- for the heroes. It's, it's the wrong side of their line. But I wonder, even for those who are oppressed, whether that line is, is far enough, mm. uh, whether they would call for even more for, for their true freedom and, and what freedom really looks like.
0: Yeah, so, so, I, so, so I think that, that whole conversation for for youth workers with young people, I think is just, is, is, is really interesting. Yeah. That, that what, what is justice? How do we achieve uh, yeah. justice and, and and what does it mean to be a hero in there times when actually, yeah, we do need to go against what people would consider to be the, the, the right thing quote on quote. And, and as you say that the church has been responsible in and, and, and many occasions to, to go against, society and, and, and say no this isn't right also on the flip side society has moved forward and gone no this this isn't right and the church is still doing it so definitely not holding the church up as as, no. as something that's always got it right uh, definitely not we've been on both sides mm. uh, sadly within within history uh, but i think just a, a really great conversation and it got me thinking and, and i haven't this is just a thought that's come to my mind and haven't really thought too much about it but even I think within Jewish circles within, within the Christian faith, we think of the name Adam, and we obviously go back to, to to creation and and in many ways Jesus is talked about as the second Adam, the Adam that, that comes to yeah. the, the Messiah that, that that comes to bring humanity back to to God, whereas in, in the creation story, we have Adam being the one that takes humanity and creation away from God, but putting that that black Adam. On there creates something different and I wonder if there's a discussion to have with with Christian young people particularly that the difference between Adam and Jesus as the second Adam and what a Messiah means there but then also what black Adam means as a Messiah and as a champion because for me I guess those whenever they said oh he's the champion he's Kandak's champion I thought of the term Messiah and yep. and that kind of interchangeable thing there so uh, so I wonder what you think of that in terms of the name adam and and how we could use that within discussions with, with with particularly christian young people
1: yeah um so within within all the advertising and the posters it's it's got all of that idea of is he a hero or is he a killer is he a savior mm. or is he an executioner you know is he is he walking kind of both adam's paths you know as as it's in romans isn't it where he's compared as just as sin came into the world through the first adam so the second adam brings uh, life and salvation um and so i think he probably walks both of those paths but i think uh, and they say that preachers only have one sermon they just say the same thing in different ways every week <laughs> um and uh, i i've got some that I would probably narrow down to just four words that I wouldn't actually be allowed to say in a church because I'd get kicked out. Um, But it all comes down to me to the linchpin of the Bible um, is Micah 6 verse 8. And in Micah 6 verse 8, Micah has, um, has this message from God. He's telling the people "For God has shown you what is good and what does he require of you but to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And for me, I think that's the linchpin of absolutely everything in the meta-narrative. If I was to sum up the whole of my Judeo-Christian belief and my theology as to what it is to be human, that would be my starting point. I believe that that is the command of God through the creation poem. I believe it's what God creates us to do, and how to live in relationship with God and relationship with man. I believe it's everything that the law calls people back to, It's everything that the good judges advocate for and the bad judges um, aren't doing. Uh, Same with Mm. the kings. All the prophets are calling back to acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly with God. It's modelled in the person of Jesus. And then the later half of the New Testament, it's all about how that is possible in the followers of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what's missing in Adam at the very beginning i think is the ability to tie that all together and perhaps most definitely the walking humbly with god you know that that arrogance that questioning that says what can i do to be like god what can i do to to be that that powerful person i'm going to take this apple it will give me the knowledge of good and evil it will put me on a par with who god is it will stop me being limited by him and so that's missing at the beginning that the acting justly the loving mercy we've misinterpreted down the generations as as humanity so often in the way that we relate with one another through the way that power comes in and, and the power corrupts and um, we see these people rising up to make a call for justice and for mercy and it, it doesn't happen very often but it's most definitely what we're called for and it's it's really interesting to me how that's how Black Adam gets his power. Um, he's noted and noticed as somebody who wants to fight for the people, who wants to act justly, wants to love mercy, wants to see his people um, kind of released, made free. Um, and he's in this position to, to start rising up, and he's given a power that helps him to act upon it. Now, having seen your notes uh, briefly, Um, This is where Moses comes in as well. Hmm. But perhaps not the bit of Moses that you're thinking of straight away. Because that's what Moses does when he sees his Egyptian, uh, sorry, his uh, Egyptian brothers whipping his Israelite brothers. He sees them being abused, being shot down. And what Moses does is he acts in such a way that he kills the slave driver and buries him. And so he's been given this power, he's been given this position, um, and and he's been chosen by God because of his, perhaps his fairness and his decency. The same way that that, um, Seth Adam is chosen by the wizards because of his fairness and his decency, by his longing to do something good. Um, And he's given this power, but the power then corrupts him. Uh, And in Black Adam's timeline, he's saved by love. And he's... Um, turned into a leader who can do things by the power and the love and the trust that is given to him by Isis, and um, by those that he surrounds himself with, because he has his own um, kind of black Marvel family. Um, so this is where Shazam and um, Black Adam mm. come together, because it's going to be, again, really confusing, because you've got Captain Marvel, and then you've got Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel in DC and in um, Marvel, yeah. And uh, so I got confused between those two films as well. One's a woman, one's a man. Uh, one wears a big tight red thing; the other's blue, red, and yellow. Um, but Zachary Levi is going to have his family, his Marvel family of fellow superheroes who who work together, and Black Adam has his equal, Black Adam family, um, the the, the Black Shazam family who work together, and actually they they temper his aggression, they temper his power, they bring his, him, bring him back to the fairness and the decency through their love and compassion. When he goes rogue, as the, the heroes would have it, um, that's when he has those loves and that trust stripped away from him and the power again begins to corrupt and he gets crushed by pain and, and lost in anger and really seeking vengeance. And so that's where he goes to the steps that he goes to. Um, he, he has a really interesting relationship with the Justice Society. He's a, he's a member of the Justice Society in the comic books. He's, he's one of their team, even though he holds this different position. Um, and uh, Atom Smasher actually creates this then rogue team with him that are willing to go um, that, bit, uh, that bit further and to do that, that bit more. So, back to your original question about Adam. <laughs> um, I think it comes down to the recognition of, of love and trust to go with that power. And I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, to bring in another sort of slightly geek reference, it's, it's that idea of um, seeing the injustice and wanting to do something about it and knowing there is a power out there that we could do it but, and really wanting to do it well. And it's as, as Gandalf says, I would want to use the power for good. But if you give me that ring, it's going to destroy me. That's going to be the, the bit of power that I can't control. And, and I, I think that's probably where Black Adam finds himself. Is mm. that he just gets lost in the power and wants to dominate um, rather than just support and, and bring about the justice.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think that there is that that kind of arc that you were talking about. The fact that at the the end of the film there obviously is the throne for the champion of of Kandak, yeah. and probably at the start of the film, Black Adam would be very happy to sit on that throne, but but yeah. very much by the end of the film, realizing no, this isn't a throne is not the the place for me, and and I get the symbolism that actually he's learned some some mercy and some humility. Uh, in, in the midst of all of that, and whether that was because of Doctor Fate's uh, sacrifice, and and and, and somewhere <gasps> you skipped that, you skipped that in the plot. And <laughs> uh, I wasn't. I, I think is the, the symbolism for Black Adam that works. I think from a plot point of view, there was no reason for Doctor Fate to 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 do what he did. Yeah. Um, that lot, there's a huge massive logic hole there but I, but I, but I get it from a symbol, symbolism point of view um but yeah that was a bit that, that really took me out of the film going well, th- this plot could st- this plan you had could still have happened without him dying but I get for for that change of character yeah. for black Adam
1: maybe maybe though kind of the way I went with that is maybe fate has to die to make way for the future Maybe this notion that things happen for a reason has to die so that we are willing to sort of challenge what's going on around us. And, um, mm. you know, that, that fluffy platitude that we've held as Christians for so long. Well, you know, God must have a plan. There's, there's something in there. Well, you know what? Screw that. God doesn't have a plan for the injustice and the pain. It's not part of what he wants for this world. It's not part of what his, his ideal is we need to get rid of that mentality we need to get rid of that idea that fate that things have to go a certain way and we need to stand and have a voice and to speak and to be perhaps like i say the, the black adam in that circumstance that actually just does something to stop it rather than standing idly by and contributing to the problem hmm. uh, so that's where i went with fate dying i think it's i think yeah. it's a good thing
0: <laughs> yeah no 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 I, yeah from from that yeah i think it what, with with I, I guess one of my biggest issues with DC, I, the the things work as a, a philosophical discussion sometimes yeah. better than a, a, a story that makes sense. I think what DC does really well are those ultimately this discussion that we've had for forty minutes off the back of a, a middling average film. I think shows <laughs> yeah. what I love about DC is is yeah. that those discussions around morality. I think it does those yeah. things. Uh, really well, and 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 going back to your point, I think there's a there's a lot around uh, Moses and Exodus. I know you you brought up that uh, that point. I, it rem- the whole opening reminded me very much of of the Exodus, uh, the the Israelites being oppressed, yeah. and and one man choosing to to stand up, and then even right through modern Kandak them looking for that Messiah because they're being oppressed again, and and who is going to be that person that is. God ordained ultimately to, to to stand up and 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 make a difference. So I think there's a lot of comparisons, similarities that, that that youth workers can can make there. And I think your message about things not being set in stone and that future being able to change, and and yeah, one of my biggest bugbears is is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. <laughs> when people use that I have the plans I know declares the Lord plans to prosper yeah. not to harm and and people forget that the, the context of that verse that it isn't yeah God's just working everything out in, in a nice yeah. happy way it's there's there's so much else uh, going on in the midst of that verse and when we take things and make them platitudes uh, ultimately when things do go wrong that's when um, faith is lost and, and 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 doubt takes over when People are not uh, uh, given space to get rid of platitudes and, uh, and, but it's and okay, things like that.
1: Because I have the power to do all things through a verse taken out of context.
0: <laughs> Very good. Yep, absolutely. One other thing I, I, I really liked, and then I'll, I'll hand over to you if there's anything else that you wanted to, 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 to bring up, was that obviously that the sun, um, Amon or Amon, Yeah. Um him him being a, an agent of change towards the the end of the film now the acting and the writing at that point really made me cringe eh, but <laughs> but i i liked the idea that obviously the people are deciding that they're not willing to stand up and and, and fight they're not willing to join black adam eh, to fight but he makes an impassioned plea to them and it's because of his his passion and his enthusiasm that, that, that the people end up joining this young person to, to fight back against the oppressors. And, and just young people as agents of change who, who stand up and question yeah. uh, what, what the status quo, I, I just think is a, a, another great example to show for, for young people that connects back to justice and, and how we live and, and what we should be challenging and how we might need to be anti-heroes uh, at, at points. I wonder what what you thought of of that scene.
1: No, i, I again yeah, I loved it not not necessarily just that scene, but when you see him early on in uh in his bedroom when Black Adam has you know had his minor injury that he then fixes with his lightning and he's he's in um, amon's bedroom uh before he destroys it um and you see all the pictures of kind of Wonder Woman and the statues of, of Aquaman and Batman and Superman they're all there on the wall, and you've got this young man who lives in a world with checkpoints with armed guards with people who are trying to um, dominate and to crush them they they are in in a, a people who are um without hope waiting on this hero that has been promised and who doesn't turn up when the rest of the world has their heroes and there is so much goodness and hope and light in the way that he clings to what he knows he's been promised in this prophecy there's there's so much goodness in longing for his own people to have their superman again to have their person who's going to um stand with them and so to then see him take on that mantle himself at the end Hmm. yeah actually he sparks the same rebellion, he sparks the same uprising that is sparked at the very beginning of the film by a young black Adam. And so again, he's setting himself up to be one of these heroes. My concern is that I can see so many young people who are like that in the world around us today. And and I love that. I love their energy. I love their uh, passion. I love their search for justice. I love who they are and what they want that they're willing to speak out about racism about sexism about gender issues about all these things that are keeping both them down and are keeping other people down but i've seen the best and the worst when they've spoken up in church now now speaking up in the world we can see young people really making a change we can see the marches we can see the the way that they're impacting uh, things like cop 26 cop uh cop yeah, twenty six, twenty seven. Like how those things are going on, but in churches, I've seen both young people stand up and speak and be shot down, because those mm. turrets, those, those those ruts are are too deep for people to climb out of. But also, I, I work for the Methodist Church. The Methodist Church in the last year um, has has really invested in um, same sex marriage, in redefining relationships in such a way that it becomes positive, and I led a group of young people through discussions around that and asked them to make sure that their voice was heard in uh, the church council as it was making the decision as to whether or not the church would be registered for same-sex marriages and what was going to happen and I had young people write a report and then deliver that report to the church council and you could have heard a pin drop in that room as that report was read because they were in a place where the church listened and the mm. church wanted to hear their voice and wanted to honour their voice. And, and I believe that they were a huge contributing factor to the choice that the church made to, to register for, for same-sex marriages, and to, to want to bless people who want to honour a, a marriage in the eyes of God. And it's a whole movement that young people are so invested in because it brings life to other people it's about justice, it's about mercy and I I, I want to see that hope I want to see that passion I want to see that excitement those rebellion rousers that we have in our young people the bad youth worker in me wants to protect them from the church though mm. wants to, to kind of wants to prepare the church better before we release the young people into it. Wants the church to be in a position to hear their voices well and to rise up. Um, I'm not sure that I've often found places that are ready for the voices of young people and ready for that spirit of of riot and rebellion that that young people can bring. Um, That's a Ben Aranovich quote from... um, the uh, Rivers of London book series that I'm listening to at the moment. Um, but, but that idea of, uh, you know, passion and drive to see a change and fight for justice. I want to see more of it, but I think if it gets shot down too early in young people, we're going to have a real hard time reintroducing them to who God is and why, why the heart that they have now is, is the heart that God has for the world. Because if the church isn't listening and responding, then yeah we're going we, we're going to destroy that passion, or it will become so disenfranchised from, from the faith that I hold dear um, mm. and, and the real belief that I have that, that God wants to be involved in, in everything. Um, yeah, I'm going in roundabout ways, but hopefully that kind of makes the point.
0: Yeah, no, that does and, and I, I guess a really sobering challenge for, for youth workers of how they create those spaces for for young people but and, and manage expectations in some way, but but then also be the youth workers being those challenges to churches that they need to be to yeah. to, to, to be given those spaces for, for for young people to be able to say what they need to say because maybe for, for many young people they see the church as the justice society that they they're, yeah. they're choosing to step in in certain situations but actually not where they should be stepping in yeah um, and 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 so there's an interesting parallel there so no thank you for for those comments mark those are all the particular things that i wanted to 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 d- discuss this morning i i guess is there anything else fr- from your point of view that you you from from the film or anything else that, that you want to bring up before we before we wrap up things up
1: i i think um I think as with as with all things dc please don't judge dc by the films that are made uh, there is so much more wealth in in kind of the comic books and in the characters than i see on the screen and um, and they really do get get a hard time because they've done it so badly um at the cinema um and i really don't know how the sequel's going to go uh, i think um they're probably going to go down the route of a storyline called world war three world war three what happens is that um and i could be spoiling it before it happens or it might never happen um but what happens is that uh, black adam kind of comes up with this treaty um, a freedom of power treaty that stops superheroes entering other countries and if a superhero enters another country that's declared as an act of war And so he does that and he he builds this treaty with those countries around him, uh, including China as a massive uh, superpower um, who have their own superheroes and things. Um, And he kind of seeks this permanent solution to criminal problems within his own boundaries of of Kandak. Um, But he then kind of loses people who are important to him and he goes on this rampage and he ends up fighting against the whole Justice League of America, which, you know, again, spoiler alert, but it's been all over Facebook, so it's fine. Henry Cavill turns up as, as Superman mid-trailers. Um mm. and that's a really stupid thing. And I it's it's ruined it, actually, a lot of it for me, because I know full well that Black Adam can beat Superman with his hands tied behind his back. <laughs> because Superman has two weaknesses. One is Kryptonite, the other is magic. And mm. so as soon as you've got a a hero or an anti-hero who's empowered by magicians, by wizards, with magic, he's going to be able to defeat him. And so the two people who are going to have to come into this story um, will be Shazam. Um, so, so Captain Marvel, Zachary Levi will come in to fight red versus black, good versus questionably good. Um, mm. And uh, Martian Manhunter will come into it as well. Um, and in that story, the only way that Black Adam is defeated um, is that he is forced to feel empathy for um atrocities that he's caused now that then twists and he gives up his powers more permanently and uh billy batson changes the uh, magic word that he has to say to get his powers back so he can't get his powers back but it's a really interesting uh, idea of what empathy looks like and how it changes the way that we um, the way that we act um, and who we should be feeling that empathy for um, again with the Justice Society the empathy is with, with, with every person uh, which ends up with them siding with the oppressor uh, and that's what they want Black Adam to do is just, just a, a unilateral empathy rather than this is a cause that needs my effort put behind it Um, And so I'm torn. I I love the concept of Black Adam. I love who he is. I love that he's willing to fight and willing to do things. And I want more people like that in the world. But I don't want that power to corrupt us. I want us to still remember uh, love and to still fight for the right things and not to then become the the rulers, the oligarchs, whatever it it is um, Mm. that hold people in oppression
0: yeah no and, and i think that's a great place to to end on and that sounds like a yeah a, sounds like that storyline would fit really well with where where we the, the film seems to have gone and and what they seem to be putting in there I, I, I really like that idea of seeing heroes from other countries and and moving away i guess from the predominantly white superhero that we have yeah. in and there are very few white people in black adam i think that's a a really noticeable um yeah point a a, a real thing that they've they've set out there and so to see i love yeah i love
1: that the western uh the western heroes aren't the ones that you feel for as it goes through they're not the ones that Mm. you want to win um and it really challenges that that mindset that we have that even when the Western people come in, the Justice Society come in. Yes, okay, they're, they're not all white to begin with, so that's fine. We've got we've got our multi-race, but they're still Western in their mindset. Mm. They're still Western in who they are. Whereas this kind of Kandak, um, kind of this, this mythical Syrian um, sort of Saudi Peninsula esque nation. Um, you know, Kandak itself is a, a, a derivation uh, an Ara- Arab. Arabic, Arabian uh, derivation of uh, a kind of Muslim word to begin with, which means sort of to dig or, or a trench or something. So you're right, immediately okay. in that place. Um, mm. And it, I, I guess, again, talking about Moses, it brings us closer to where Jesus actually was and mm. you know, challenges our white Jesus idea.
0: Yeah, mm. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for your time, Mark, for your insights, for for the amount of preparation that you did that I know you did for for this episode. I really uh, appreciate it. Uh, and I think there's been a whole bunch of things that hopefully youth workers can can mull over and and use with their, their work with young people. So if people wanted to chat more with you about it, uh, DC or anything that, that you do around justice and and and, and mission and youth work, how, how could people do that?
1: Uh, I um, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on various uh, Instagram things like that. Um, generally, I go by the handle of in immoral clause, which is an anagram of Mark Williamson. You know, so uh, in immoral clause. Um, but also, I have a a website that I so um often ish update um that has kind of reflections on uh, things that i see things that i hear but also has kind of assembly material that i've created for um primary and secondary schools to engage with all sorts of different uh, issues and that's at remarkable with a c instead of a k dot uh, me
0: uk great well thank you very much and we'll add them just onto the the, the show notes as well but uh, once again thank you very much for your time mark
1: Thanks for having me. Maybe I'll come back soon.
0: Hopefully, yeah.